welcome to tonight's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Tonight, I have wrestling promoter uh, Thomas Williams. Uh, he's from War um, here in Ohio. Um, Thomas, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Uh, my name is Thomas Williams. I actually run, uh, it's called Wrestling and Respect. We also known as War Wrestling. Um, been doing it for almost 25 years and 18 years as a promoter in uh, Northwest Ohio, um, the, actually the home of Al Snow, um, Lima, Ohio area. So yeah, I mean, I'm the owner promoter and the booker um, of it. So I kind of get the whole business side of it behind the scenes. Um, I used to be a manager. We uh, was a manager for a tag team called Delivery Inc., which was uh, Dexter Dementia and uh, Stamp Lickage. Um, kind of going real old school. Both of those guys are, you know, 20, 20 some years into professional wrestling. Both of them are semi-retired now. Um, so then I got involved with the behind the scenes stuff. Um, you know, basically 19 or 2003, basically, is when we started uh, war wrestling. So, um, and now, like I said, you're out, you're out of Lima, um, the home yep. of Al Snow. Um, yep. I, I, my fun thing is, I think it's like 1995-ish, maybe. I, I'm not 100% on the dates because that gets a little blurry when you go back to my early 20s. Uh, right. <laughs> I tried out for Al Snow's <laughs> school at one point. And, uh, yeah, body, body slammers. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But, yep, that's, 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 exactly, that's exactly where I went. So um, in uh, 1997. Yeah, so, yep. Probably about the same time. I, uh, I was, at that time, I was really just a, a tiny dude man i weighed like 135 pounds soaking wet holding a brick and um they they wanted for my size that had to have been a high flyer but uh i came out of a uh a, right. a bit of a judo and a keto background at that point and i was like man i can wrestle people down the ground and hurt them really and it just kind of like no we want you to be a high flyer so i just did all the yeah, the, 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 the ground the, the ground the ground and pound I was going to say the ground and pound wasn't relevant back then. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, you know, a 135 pound guy in professional wrestling, no matter how much of a badass she was, the fans wouldn't have bought it. Bought no. it you know what I mean, they're going to be, you know, it wouldn't have been like, hey, Rey Mysterio Jr. is taking out the giant. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I get it. I mean, it's just oh. a, you know, it's a different, it's a different time in a different era. But yeah, I totally get that, you know, being on the smaller side back then because, even when I broke into wrestling, you know, like I said, in 1997, um, you know, everybody was bigger than life. You know what I mean? Everybody was, you know, six foot one, six foot two, 220, 230 pounds. You know, um, you know, we had guys on the shows that were, you know, six, seven, 350, you know, six, you know, six, five, 300. You know, everybody was bigger than life. There wasn't really... Oh, yeah. You know, the smaller, the smaller stature guys weren't, you know, they were either a ring interviewer or a referee or something along those lines. There, they, there wasn't really spots open for guys. I mean, even when I started, the guy that I made, uh, broke into the business with, he was about 5'10 and about 270 or whatever, you know, and he was considered one of the smaller guys. Yeah, I, I, it, it's just funny seeing how much the, the it has changed over the years. I mean, I remember when I met like Ray Mysterio Jr. when I was, when um, uh, WCW came to da uh, Troy or Dayton, Ohio, and I'm standing, I'm yeah. like, he's like here on me. And I'm like, how did you become anything? And 
then I started watching Mexican wrestling. It's like, oh, that explains it all. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, because down there it's more the the styles are different. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, and that, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Even doing it as long as I've done it, you know, um, when I broke in, you know, we might have had maybe one or two matches that was a smaller statured guys. And now, you know, if you're if you're over six foot and over 200 pounds, you know, they're, you're considered a heavyweight now, oh, you know, yeah. um, mo most of these guys are, you know, 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", you know, 180, 190 pounds, you know, um, so, you know, it's just a, the styles, the styles are different, the, the, the era of wrestling is different, um, you know, I take the good and the bad with it, I mean, I'll be honest with you, um, and I know I get uh, a lot of heat from other people in the business, but I can't stand the small guys. I'll be honest with you. I, I you know, if I want to see a fight, quote unquote, a fight, I want to see two guys that are Brahma Bulls in the middle of the ring, rock them, sock them robots, knocking the shit out of each other. You know, why do you watch a bar fight or whatever? That's two big burly guys in a bar. Cause you want to see the other guy knock out the other guy. No one cares about two, you know, 130 pound guys, you know, lay, laying on the ground. I mean, I, you know, so it's just a different era. I mean, like we just yeah. had a show last night, um, you know, and, you know, we had a couple guys that are 250, 260 and, you know, they brought it and just the, the vibe and, and the crowd noise and all that was so much different than some of the other matches that had sm the smaller statured guys, on it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're in a little bit of a bubble here in Lima. Um, I tell people this all the time. Um, I would say 90, I'd say 95% of our crowd are WWE fans. Um, they don't know the difference between what we do and what they see the WWE. You know, they, they, they wouldn't need, they don't even know about a ring of honor or an impact or anything like that. You know, I mean, like AEW is the new hot thing right now. Um, and I'll give you a good example about that. My dad's a diehard wrestling fan. He's been a fan probably for over 50 years. And he started watching the AEW. And he was like, the only people that I know are the ones that were ex-WWE guys. He's like, I don't know any of these other guys. I have no emotional connection to any of these guys. You know, he's like, where did they come from? You know what I mean? Like, why are they on AEW, you know? That, to me, is the ultimate thing, you know, with the casual wrestling fan or whatever, you know? I mean, uh, emotions sell tickets. And, you know, if a, if a lifelong wrestling fan like my dad has no connection to, you know, like, say, the super indie guys that are in AEW, you know, he's like, you know, uh, you know, they throw 15,000 super kicks, you know, and they kick oh, yeah. out of everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. you know, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to explain that to, 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 to someone that is just a, a genuine wrestling fan you know what i mean he don't know none of the behind the scenes stuff he doesn't know any of the super indie smart mark stuff you know he don't know any of that stuff so it, it was it's interesting it's interesting getting that feedback from someone like him who you know uh you know even the, when they used to come to our shows you know i never smartened them up to actually how wrestling and stuff worked and i wanted them to have that general general uh, emotional connection you know what I mean like I can give you a good example we had a wrestler by the name of Casey Thunder um and his actually his tag partner was Sean Hernandez over in Japan and this dude he looked the part you know he he balled tan you know built whatever 
well, he spit up in the crowd one time or whatever and, and landed on my dad. And, it, and my dad legit was trying to fist fight Casey Thunder. You know what I mean? But I never smartened him up. I never smartened my fans up to how wrestling works. And I wanted them to have that general reaction of, hey, I hate this guy. Hey, I love this guy. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, I tell people, you know, we're is a little bit of a bubble um, as far as the casual fans. Um, we've built our guys up over the years to be stars. And I tell a lot of guys that come in to, for our shows, our fans see no difference in the guys that we use and the guys that are on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, you know, on TV. These absolutely see no difference in, in, in the talent. Um, so a lot of guys like coming and working for us for that aspect. Like I said, we had a show last night, um, even during the pandemic. Um, it's been really, really rough. I'll be honest with you on promoting shows during the pandemic. Um, <clears throat> so now it's like, excuse me, it's actually it's all like a blessing to get, you know, 250, 300 people, you know, when normally we were drawing five or 600 uh, on an average day. You know, now it's yeah. like, oh, we got 250 coming tonight. Well, you know, it's kind of a blessing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a good show last night. I actually haven't even been to bed since the, since the show. Yes. So, you know, I, I, when you sent me the link, I said, I told my wife, I said, oh crap. You know, I was like, I got that interview today or whatever, you know, she was like, all right, go to the office. So that's what I did. I, I got on the link and, you know, I, uh, I, like I said, I appreciate you wanting me to do it. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. It, me and my buddies, we're, we're pretty good wrestling fans. I kind of, um. I'm not going to lie, when when the pandemic hit, I kind of got out of it for a bit. The whole wrestling in front of nobody, it just sort of was like, mm, nah. And uh, I kind of I kind of got out of it. I'm still not completely back into it. I still go see as much. I, I want to go see indie local wrestling as much as I can, when I can. But I, right. I like it like you, right. I own my own business. So trying to get away from right. my own business is is hard to do. Um, I finally got to go over, um, to Indiana, Indiana a few months ago for, a um, one of Ian Rotten shows. It was the first time I've ever been there. Oh, okay. And, um, I was like, oh, at least it got, I got something. I got to go see something. And it was, it was kind of fun right. being able to actually go see wrestling again. Um, I, every time, like I said, I, we keep trying to get up to yours. Um, my problem is, is that I close my shop on Saturdays at eight o'clock and you, I think start at seven and seven. It, yep. it's, it's, I, yep. now that I got my son, I'm getting him trained to take over my shop when I'm not there. So now I can go, okay, Joe, you're running the shop. I can get my buddies. We're going. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally, I, to, I totally get it. You know, like I said, you know, one of my big sponsors is a, is a, a independent record store. And, you know, he's always like, hey, I love to, you know, come out, hang out, you know, support the show, this, that, and the other. He's like, but I literally close at eight o'clock, you know, and, you know, there's times where we don't even pick the ticket money up because he's a he's a ticket outlet for us. We don't even pick the ticket money up the, till the next day because he just can't get out of the shop or we can't get there to pick it up prior to when the show starts. So I totally get it and understand, you know, and that's the biggest thing I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people need to understand you had talked about going to shows, you know, uh, live shows, you know, um, I personally will tell you this uh, during the pandemic, we do a lot of charity work and we do a lot of um, fairs and festivals. Yeah. And uh, we, we lost $45,000 during the pandemic from basically March. Well, I think we ran, I think we ran in May. 
it might have been March. Mar the, the first part of March was, was the last show we ran and we didn't run again until like November. And so from, you know, January, February, or basically, you know, all the, the rest of March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, you know, we didn't have no fairs and festivals and all that. And as a company, we lost about $45,000 during all that. So I, I totally get it, you know. Um, you know, I, I totally get, you know, trying to support the little mom and pop places um, yeah. and that sort of thing because, you know, that's the, that's the lifeblood. And even going, to, even going back to doing live shows, you know, like we don't even have any restrictions right now. Like when we first started, we had 11 pages of rules, regulations, and restrictions we had to go by just for opportunity, opportunity to run a show. Um, we don't have any right now, but my take on that is, is you know, we're still, we're still socially distanced. We're still, uh, you know, we're uh, highly suggesting the fans wear masks. Um, I would say probably 95% of my staff and or my wrestlers are fully vaccinated. Um, you know, um, so, you know, we try to lead by example. Like I said, even last night, the show that we ran, we still, still socially distanced fans. You know, and the reason why I say that is, is because, you know, I, as, as a business owner, wouldn't want that on my conscience that we ran a public event and someone got COVID from it. You know, I got friends, friends that have, you know, their, their family members have passed away from it. You know, um, it's a real thing. And, you know, not to, not to get into a political debate, but that's my one big um, thing that really bugs me about all this is, is people wanted to turn it into a political debate. And it doesn't matter on what side, what side of the coin you're on, you know, it's, it's changed our lives. The new oh, yeah. norm is the new norm. And, you know, I just wanted, we, the reason why we came back to running shows was strictly because of our fans wanted a new, you know, wanted norm normal you know they wanted a sense of you know like in this area we've ran shows for 18 years pretty much monthly and then all of a sudden it's not there and even the mental part um from a wrestler standpoint you know like wrestling is their escape from day-to-day -day life day-to-day -day, you know struggles and i'll be honest with you i literally had to talk about uh, i'd say two or three of our wrestlers off of a ledge show to speak like where they just couldn't deal with normal life you know, I'm not saying like they were suicidal or anything like that, but it's just the fact that they were really, really struggling on the mental side of it because the wrestling was their escape. You oh, know, yeah. they knew that they had, they had, a you know, a booking on Saturday and Sunday and, you know, Monday through Friday was their normal grind with their family. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, stress, but, you know, when Saturday and Sunday rolled around, boom, you know, they're back to being bigger than life. They're back to being a superhero, you know, so the pandemic thing has definitely uh, changed uh, the way we do things. You know, um, like I said, even last even last night, we social distance fans because, you know, let's just say you have a fan, fan, you know, a fan come in and you set a stranger next to them. I would be very, very uncomfortable sitting in a spot in a chair right next to a guy that's literally asses and elbows next to you. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't have a mask on or you don't know if he's, you know, sick. So yeah, we've socially distanced fans from uh, since we came back in last November. We've socially distanced fans, um, you know, through all the shows or whatever. And we got a big enough building where we can do that. Um, the building where we run at is actually an indoor soccer arena, and it's twelve thousand square feet. So you know, we can spread out those two or three, four hundred fans. You know, we can spread them out, and we haven't had any issues. Like I said, um, you know, my staff takes it very serious. 
Um, you know, we still wipe down the ring. We still, I mean, my locker room is the whole length of the soccer field, basically 143 feet by 20 feet is that's our locker. Room. You know, our locker room is basically that big. So I can socially distance everybody um, through it. And what we do is, is we run uh, black netting the whole length of one side of the field and the guys are directly behind that or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, the way we can spread everybody out because I don't want, you know, anything like that to happen on my watch, you know? So we've been very, very, uh, we've been very cautious of running shows, you know, and that sort of thing. And I, me and my wife are, wife are fully vaccinated. You know, it's like I tell people, um, you know, I can't expect you to follow the rules and regulations if I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's kind of what we, you know, we, 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 we're fully vaccinated. Do I agree with everything? No. <laughs> I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not politically, politically correct on all this either, you know, but we did what we had to do. You know, I mean, like I said, uh, that's one of the main reasons why we came back to running shows is we wanted a sense of normal. You know, when you've got something in your blood for 25 years like me, and you've ran monthly shows for 18 years, you don't really know any different. You know what I mean? You just, you just going about your way. And, you know, the big thing with me, my, our big regret as a company um, during the pandemic was uh, we don't, we do do a lot of charity work, like a lot of charity work. And when we had all the restrictions and stuff, um, we couldn't donate tickets. We couldn't donate tickets to the local MRDD or big brothers, big sisters or anything like that, because you know, it took away from our attendance, uh, the restriction of attendance, you know, like, yeah. you know, when we, when we first came back, we had like 15% capacity, you know what I mean? Like we literally almost had to run in the, not, not the venue we got now, but our old venue, we would have literally had to run two shows on the same day, just a show to pay the bills. You know what I mean? Like, you know, cause they went by the capacity of the building, you know? So if your building hold held, you know, 500 people you was only allowed to have 15 percent of that you know so yeah it's been it's been crazy i mean like i said we we uh you know we've had the you know temperature checks on all the staff and paperwork on all the staff and wrestlers and the whole shebang and uh you know but we still plugged away and like i said as excuse me as a company you know we we just came back only for a sense of normal you know what i mean that's and, uh, and a lot of people are still struggling. I mean, I, I, you know, you said you own a comic book store and all that. You know, we have one up here in Lima and I've talked to him and he's like, man, he's like, this is just rough. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. you know, so how are things been down your, how's things been down your way? Um, actually, sales have been pretty good. Because um, I get a lot of people that just come in, get and go. Um, you know, we run magic events yep. and stuff like that. And our events are, are lighter. Um, you know, when we would have, you know, say 25 people and, you know, 10 or 12 show up, uh, stuff like that, yep. because people just come in, get their stuff and leave instead of hanging out and playing. Um, yep. I did, uh, I worried because when we, we were told, cause I was, I ran my shop, um, curbside. So I was letting people order stuff from me, tell me what they want. They'd call, I'd run their card, yep. run it out to them. They weren't allowed to come in the store. Then I was told I wasn't allowed to do that. Yep. So then I was doing deliveries. Yep. Then I was told that I was supposed to close my store, period. So I was like, okay. So I just yep. went in. I was there two hours a day just doing stock work and rearranging shelves, cleaning, getting there. I'm like, this is going to be all completely 100% ready when I reopen. 
And then I was had um, one yeah. of my friends, he was does eBay. So I was like, all right. I was like, here's stuff. Just throw this stuff in there. I want this cleaned out of my store. I was like, just start throwing it up on eBay. So I was making my money that way. And I was making my money this way. And, and the thing was, was, you know, where right. people were getting unemployment, I didn't get unemployment for three months. And then I got that, um, that check that they give you for being a, uh, a small business owner. They give you X amount of what you would have made yep. during that time. And I got that which was great, yeah. which helped, but it was still the whole thing is that, you know, there's, you know, from March till I think June or July, just really nothing, you know, very little sales. And then we start picking right. back up because people started coming back in, grabbing stuff and going. So at least I still got that yeah. with my in-store. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say, because, you know, even like in our case, when I, you know, when I mentioned that we lost the $45,000, you know, mm -hmm. the big thing with us was, is, you know, that was a legit $45,000 loss to the thing because we actually did a, a made a mistake and we didn't issue all of our uh, wrestlers 1099s. So we didn't have a paper trail. So that $45,000 loss was legit a $45,000 loss for the company because we didn't have a paper trail to get all the loans to do all that, you know, and the thing about it was, is, is just, it was just a complete oversight, you know what I mean? Of mm -hmm. the way, you know, cause no one's going to think that we're going to be hit a pandemic and the whole world's going to change. You know, we, we've, we've since changed, we've since changed that or whatever, but you know, that's the thing I tell people, you know, like you were saying about, look at all the red tape you had to go through just to survive, Oh yeah. you know, and that's the big thing with a lot of people, you know, and small business owners and, you know, the mom and pop places and all of that, you know, um, me and my wife was just had this conversation the other day, you know, like we don't try to eat at the chains. We don't eat all that because guess what, you know, that's not what's going to help the local economy come back, you know, and, you know, I actually got a personal friend right now that he's legit making more money off the, the government right now than what he had when he was working his regular job. You know, oh, he yeah. hasn't had a job in a year, oh, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, like in my, like you were saying in your, you know, what you went through, like just to try to survive and just to try to, you know, make it to where, you know, you give your, you, you cater to your customers or whatever, but it's, it's been tough, man, all the way around for everybody, you know, and that's, and that's, I like talking to other people and getting their perspective on things because, you know, like I said, in, in our case, you know, we made an honest business mistake. And it costs us 45 grand. And, you know, everybody's like, well, what about you get this and you get that? I'm like, no, because you got to have a paper trail. You got to do this. You got to do that, you know, and lesson learned, which is fine. But yeah, I mean, you know, I actually just talked to one of my pizza places uh, here uh, in town yesterday and uh, they, we get pizzas from them every wrestling show. And she's been a sponsor of mine for 15 years. And she said, hey, can you do me a favor? And I said, what's that? She was like, can you have somebody pick these pizzas up? She's like, I don't have a delivery driver tonight. She said, uh, you know, uh, she does catering and stuff on the side. And she's like, me and my boyfriend are at a, a catering job. And I had staffed the, the, the pizza place with seven people. And three of those people called off. So they're trying to staff this, you know, pizza place on a Saturday night with one adult and three teenagers. And it's their first job, Ooh. you know. And she, and she was like, I don't know how we're going to survive. She's like, if things don't change and people get back to work and this, that, and the other, she was like, we're going to have to close up shop, you know, and this, this is all this lady's done, uh, knows for the, like the last 20 years yeah. is pizza was her business, 
you know? So yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's very, very fascinating to talk to small mom and pop places and talk to people like you and all that to see exactly what we went through. Like you said, you, you did curbside and you did all these sort of things. Did you switch over your business been more or less to doing online? Um, Kinda, I, I, I had done Amazon and stuff, but I, I started running into issues with that about what I could and couldn't sell on Amazon. Um, and eBay just got to be a big hassle, but I got a guy who takes care of that for me. Um, you know, I was sitting there, I just like, okay, you know, I was, we didn't get any product in because product got ground to a halt. So there was no comic books coming in. Uh, there was new, new magic products coming in, yep. no new gaming stuff coming in. So basically what I was doing was I was going out and um, trying to find collections to buy just so I could have incoming new product. And then I would go, right. hey, and then, look, and then, you know, I would yeah. tell people, hey, I got all these new books. And people go, oh, do you have this, this, and this? Yes, I have this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yep. And I, I did a lot of Facebook sales and, and um made it did a lot that way and was able to move a lot of product that way so yeah and isn't it isn't it weird how you when you shift certain things or you get out of your norm where it's just kind of like man you know because that's the biggest thing with us you know like i was we just had this conversation last night with at the wrestling show you know a lot of the things that we've done on the promoting side the last 18 years they're not viable now you know what i mean like social media and all that stuff seems everything seems to be shifting towards that or whatever. And I struggled with it. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I struggled with it or whatever. I need to get, you know, I'm a little bit more old school in my thinking. And, you know, I, I got a PR girl and uh, I tell her all the time, I'm like, you know, you need to get me up to speed on stuff or we need to get somebody on our staff that's more hip to the, the social, you know, social media and all that, because I'm more or less just old school ground and pound and, you know, word of mouth and posters and flyers. Yep. And, you know, those days are almost done. I mean, I hate saying it that way, but it's almost done. Everything's going towards the social media and the viral and and all those sort of things or whatever, you know. So, but yeah, man, like I said, I appreciate you calling, you know, wanting to do the interview and ask wrestling stuff and, you know, pop culture stuff and all that, you know. So, you know, to me, it, it lets people know that, you know, I'm not just some big, dumb, der or whatever, you know, that, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm human and, you know, I have a business sense and, you know, uh, it just so happens that professional wrestling or whatever is my passion. And, uh, you know, the good thing about what we do here in Lima, um, we've turned that passion into uh, being able to give back. Um, you know, that's why I said earlier about Lima being in a bubble, you know, over the last 18 years, me and my wife have actually uh, donated over half a million dollars back to the local communities just through charity work or whatever, um, you know, the Veterans of Food Pantry and Big Brothers, Big Sisters and places like that, you know, we've donated almost a half a million dollars back to them either financially or tickets or uh, fundraisers and stuff like that, you know, uh, been quite a few years ago, but we did a charity bowling event and all the money for it or whatever and uh, through War Wrestling, um, it bought a semi-truck load of food for the Veterans Food Pantry. Nice. You know, so, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, it, it's a labor of love, but it's turned into more of a passion project or whatever, because we know it, it helps this area and this community, um, you know, and I'm originally from this area. So I, I try to give back as much as we can. My, me and my wife both graduated from the inner city schools. I'm a senior mm-hmm. and, uh, it, 
you know, we just, we just try to, we, you know, we try to do as much charity work as we can. And that's like I told you earlier, that's one thing that's really hurt us uh, on the charity side of things or whatever is because we're still, you know, limited to a degree. And, you know, a lot of the people that we uh, cater to through, um, you know, like MRDD and, and, and stuff like that, um, you know, they have pre-existing conditions and, you know, they're worried about get, catching a cold and, you know, or, you know, worse. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been a trying time all the way around for, you know, everybody or whatever this way. So. I, I completely agree. We, um, we do a comic book show here in town, here in Piqua. Um, I had to rearrange some stuff, but we always donated every year um, from everything from, uh, uh, you know, you bring in a canned good, you get a discount to get in the door or a percentage of the door goes to this. Um, we did, yep. uh, we even did for the no kill animal shelter. We've done it for the food bank. Uh, we've done it for, you know, all these local charities. Um, I couldn't tell you to this day how much I've donated. Cause I just usually at the end right. of the day, we figure up the money. We're like, doo, 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 doo. okay, this is their money. And I just drop it off. Um, the last time I got to do the food <laughs> bank, I was walked in. I'm like, um, I need to talk to whoever's in charge. And the lady's like, oh, she goes, we'll hook you up and we'll get you some food and stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Here you go. And I just hand her a wad of money. He's like, there you go. Buy what you need. And she's like, well, who, who do yeah. I, you know, say this? I was like, just tell them that uh, Pickle Comic Con gives them, you know. And she's like, okay. Yeah. I was like, so we just walked out and, um, you know, we've we've done a lot of that. and. And it, I, I have, and it's tough. I was gonna say, and it's it's tough. It's tough right now to be able to do that because you're yeah. trying to survive yourself. Yep. Um, I've donated. Uh, I can't donate as much, but I've donated like books to literacy programs and stuff like that. Because at least I can yep. do that, even when I'm, you know, slow. I can go in my back room. I can pull some junk, you know, comic yep. books and give them to kids for yep. for Absolutely. literacy and stuff. So I can yep. still do something. Yep. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is, is, you know, you're, you're turning your passion into something that's helping. I mean, we just had a show, uh, two weekends ago, um, down in Coldwater, Ohio. And, uh, it was a, uh, little boy who, uh, has leukemia and the family hit us up and said, Hey, we, you know, we love pro wrestling. Um, we want to do a fundraiser, you know, can you, you know, help? <coughs> and, uh, what we do is, is, uh, we could normally go out into the public and, uh, you know, we get sponsors or whatever to cover the show and pay all the wrestlers and staff and this and the other. And um, we're very fortunate in that community down there. We've done uh, two, we did two other charity uh, shows prior to this. One was for a little girl who had uh, cancer. And the other one was for a, uh, a teenage boy that took a bad hit playing football and he was paralyzed from the waist down. Ooh. And uh, so what we did was, it, it's kind of funny, you know, like, the very first show we did for the cancer, like the school, we had to uh, jump through all the red tape and, you know, it was like pretty much sign my name over in blood, you know, type thing um, because it's pro wrestling, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of cool because at the, at the end of the night, after we paid all the bills and everything for the show or whatever, we gave that family over eight grand for one night. And then we got an opportunity to do the second one, which was the, the, the teenage boy that took the bad hit after paying all the bills or whatever. And they were a little bit more lax. The school and sponsors and stuff was a little bit more lax because we had proven ourselves. We gave that family um, uh, six grand. So we got an opportunity to do this one show two, week, two weeks ago. And uh, even during the, these economic times, like we went out and we got sponsors to cover the show and this, that, and the other. 
and uh, with the, all the pledges and, and all the people that donated or whatever, um, we gave that family over $5,000, you know, and that's a great feeling knowing even during these times or whatever that, you know, you can do, you can turn a labor of love, which to me is pro wrestling, and you can help out that family, you know, I mean, they literally get $5,000 cash that night. I mean, we literally count out all the money and we present it to them right there and then or whatever, you know, and it's kind of, it's ironic to see their face when you hand them, you know, $5,000 in cash, you know, or $6,000 or $8,000. But, you know, we've just turned, you know, we've just turned that labor of love, like I said, of pro wrestling into being able to help. And that's kind of where our mind is right now. Um, you know, we, like I said, from the beginning, we do a lot of charity work in the area and, you know, we're good at what we do. I have an incredible staff. And, uh, you know, we just, we just make sure it gets done, you know, so hearing you, um, being able to help, uh, you know, other charities down in your area and stuff like that, you know, to me, that's an awesome, awesome thing, you know. Thank you. We, we try and I'm good to hear you guys trying up there and, and kicking butt. Um, you guys are, are, are really kind of lucky up there. Um, I don't know of many wrestling, I mean, Pickwick gets the very end of some Dayton, but you know, there's a lot of organizations right. kind of Dayton. You guys get pretty much, you know, I think from Sydney on up to, I don't know till if there's anybody up North past you guys. Is Toledo. Toledo is Toledo. Next, I yeah. thought Toledo. So. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple, um, promotions up in the Toledo area. I'm actually helping, helping one of them right now. It's a start, uh, startup company. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're very, very fortunate, you know, and I don't know if it's just a matter of, um, we've established ourselves over the years or whatever. We've had a couple fly by night companies come in and, you know, you know, the typical politics of pro wrestling, you know, they try to run in the same building as us and they're tearing down our posters and our flyers and, you know, all that BS that, you know, you deal with or whatever. But I tell people all the time, you know, we've stood the test of time for a reason. And I think it has more to do with just, you know, what you see is what you get with us is, is if our name's on the marquee, you know, it's straight in your face, you know, uh, one given 100%, and we're not going to take anything less than that. And we bring in good quality staff, um, you know, staff and wrestlers, and we present ourselves in a very, very professional manner. Um, you know, and like I said, we are definitely in a bubble. I mean, I, I think I'm, I would dare say to the east of us, the next closest promotion would be Marion, Ohio. Um, north would be the Toledo area and south would basically be um, DCW, Dynamic Championship Wrestling, which is like you said, Sydney, Troy, Pickle area. Um, to the west of us would be, there's a couple upstarts in the Fort Wayne area. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we, we are definitely in a bubble, um, you know, for What's doing up? the shows and stuff. I got to uh, do one with um, Aaron Williams. You know Aaron? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I just had him on my show yesterday. Yeah, I'm supposed to do one with Aaron. Me and him just got to have time. I've known Aaron for a few years back now, and every time we're doing it, I'm like, I'll, I'll get an interview with you, and we're like, how about Sunday? Oh, I can't. I got I to gotta, I go wrestle Sunday. Okay. How about this Sunday? Okay. Well, no, yeah. I got a show going on that Sunday, too. So I was like, man, no, take all the paying bookings yeah. you can. I was like, I'll always be here. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, 
Um, yep, I agree. Yep. I, uh, the funny part about it is, is, uh, during the pandemic, I got a, um, I got an offer. I had a guy trying to sell me a ring and, um, it was the one time I think my wife finally had to look at me and go, no, you don't need that. <laughs> she goes, you do not need a wrestling ring. It's funny you say that because I tease, I was going to say, it's funny you say that because every time I tease my wife, you know, granted we've been together since she was 16 and I was 17. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, hey, baby, I'm going to buy you a new ring. And it just isn't the ring that you think it is. <laughs> you know, so I, I totally get that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as you know, we bought our, we bought, we have an 18, 18 foot uh, by 18 foot all steel ring. And uh, I tease her all the time. I'm like, oh, baby, we got to improve the ring. You know, she's thinking, oh, I'm getting a new band. I'm like, no, you're getting new aprons and a new turnbuckle pads and new canvas. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. And my, my uh, when we're sitting there talking, she goes, I was like, no, nah. I was like, I'll buy it. I'll own it. I was like, I have to let somebody else run it. I was like, because I don't need that much more stuff. She goes, no, you won't. You'll be sitting there. You'll be at everything, yeah. trying to micromanage. I'm like, yeah, probably. So, Yeah, I, yeah. like I said, I, I, I totally get it, and I totally understand. I mean, like I said, I, I'm never satisfied, you know, with, you know, our production or, you know, this or that or whatever, you know, like, you know, people tell me all the time that we have one of the nicest and, and best looking rings or whatever. And it's like, nah, you know, I'm going to go get new aprons. I'm going to do this. I mean, I'm sure you're the same way, you know, where you get bells and whistles and trinkets or whatever to make your shop better or, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you want to present yourself in the best possible manner and the most professional looking, the most, you know, you want to do all those sort of things and, you know, and they don't realize you know, what it costs to do it and present oh, yeah. it in the right manner, all of that, you know, so I, I totally get it. I totally understand 100% where you're coming from on that, you know, but it is funny hearing you say that because I had flashbacks of, you know, when we had a ring and then I bought the new ring and, you know, we were, my wife was like, you already have a ring. What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, but it's smaller, honey. It's a 16 footer. We would need an 18 footer, you know, so I get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny just hearing someone else say that, you know, because oh, yeah. It's just a mindset and, and, and an outlook, uh, you know, about, like I said, you know, everybody wants, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, it's like I tell people, you know, like, um, you know, like uh, within a man, in a man's world or whatever, you know, like my wife teaches me all the time, she was all like, why do we need a 55 inch TV in our bedroom? You know, why do we need a 75 inch TV in our living room when we're, you know, five feet away? And I'm like, honey, it's what I want. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. The same way with the wrestling ring. It's like every man in every man, that's a man, man is going to be like, Oh honey, I would absolutely would love to have a wrestling ring. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's like this, I get this, it. this whole room, uh, basically is my area. It's my stuff. It's like, uh, there's arcade cabinets back there. There's the big new TV yep. over here. Um, I'm a toy collector. Yep. So I just got tons of toys. There's comic books sitting everywhere. Um, my kids, my older boys just yep. moved out. So my wife's like, I'm taking the upstairs. I'm like, don't take the upstairs. I will take this and just turn this all into mine. Um, matter of fact, like this corner, I'm getting ready to redo the whole corner so that I can have my, my schedule yep. up here for my podcast, um, put shelves up here so I can have all my stuff ready to go. And, uh, she's just like, she got mad at me today. She says, yeah, a thousand things to do. I need to get something done. Now you got more stuff to do. I'm like, I, I know, sorry. <laughs> But it keeps me busy. I get, I got, I got, yeah, I, I, I got to have something to do. 
So, but uh, yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like I said, you know, uh, you know, I, I got, I've been doing the wrestling for 25 years, 18 as a, 18 years as a promoter, and it's like I don't know anything else right now as far as what keeps me busy and all that, you know. And and uh, you know, she, you know, my wife gets it now. I mean, 30 years later, you know, she finally understands that you know I, I have certain passions in life and you know, um, I'm going to do it, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I totally get where you're coming from and, you know, the, 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 out, the outlook and the mindset of it. So I get it. All right. Um, now I'm going to have to ask you some questions. Um, who's some of the people you have currently on your roster? Like on your wrestling roster? Oh, uh, we have Aaron Williams. You just spoke about Aaron Williams. We have, uh, um, guy like Matt Taylor. Um, we use uh, we use some guys out of in, uh, Illinois area, Chicago area. Mojo McQueen, um, Russell Sports, Cody Jones, Paloma Star, um, Shane Foster. Um, we use some Detroit guys or whatever, um, you know that sort of thing or whatever. Well, we use like I said, we use we don't use too many locals. We don't really have to have any locals around here anymore or whatever. Um, like when Al Snow was uh, had his own stuff, you know there was quite a few, but. You know, since Al Snow doesn't have a school, he has had for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we mainly just use a lot of, uh, we use a lot of, we don't, we use a lot of guys. Uh, I don't even want to say they're super indie guys or anything like that. Just guys that our fans can relate to or like or cheer or boo or whatever, you know. Um, you know, we have a, a our, our fan base is more um, costume and characters, more angles and storyline driven. Um, that sort of thing or whatever, you know, so that's kind of what we cater to. I mean, our, our champion is Mojo McQueen and uh, he, you know, he spends a lot of money on his gear and all that. He looks the part and he's got the mask and, you know, he, he, our fans absolutely love him, you know, um, probably under any other circumstances, he'd be a bad guy in another promotion, but for whatever reason with our promotion, our fans absolutely love him. Yep. One second. Fitz. Turn down. Please. Turn down. <laughs> but uh You're all right. Yeah, he's 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 having a bad day today. Um he he has autism and he, he if, if he has a bad day, it's a rough day. So he's kind of mellowing out today. So we're really? just <laughs> all right. Um I know you oh, have Aaron, yeah. Yeah. Um Aaron Williams. I know Aaron. I, uh, I've seen Matt. Russell off and on for years. Uh, Aaron, I, I really like him. I get that boy's a workhorse. Um, I'm I, uh, it's funny you say that because he and he he knows I'll t- say this because I say it all the time. Aaron's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers that I've ever seen in the last 20 years. Um, I don't know why he doesn't have a contract. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I have no clue. You know, I'm not the powers to be that makes those decisions or whatever up in the upper echelon promotions. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time he could work a broomstick and main event yes. any independent show in this area. Exactly. So I get it. I mean, he's he's absolutely he's absolutely one guy that I absolutely love. Um, I love Aaron's work. Um, you know, he he's he stood the test of time for a reason. He's a super nice guy outside of wrestling. Um, so that makes him even better in my eyes. But yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Aaron Williams is the man. You know, like I said, Mojo McQueen. Um, you know, he does. He's done some uh, uh, some some lucha stuff. Um, Cody 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 Jones done some lucha stuff or whatever. Um, Mysterious Movado's done some lucha stuff. You know, um, like we just try to find guys that our fans can relate to. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not into the super indie guy. 
you know, flavor of the month or whatever, who, you know, is getting the viral likes or whatever, you know, I want, I want guys on our roster that the fans can relate to and that they can have an emotional connection to or whatever, you know, cause I, I'm an old school believer that emotions is what sells tickets, you know? So, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. You know, like I said, we, we, we've been getting some girls, we've been getting some girls in, we got Zoe sky and uh, we just used a new girl last night. Um, Ari Alexander, who is actually down from that area. Um, you know, we use a girl named Skylar Orion. Uh, we use a new kid. He's been, uh, I think he just had his hundredth match last night. His name's Damian Chambers. Um, he's probably going to be the real deal in a couple of years or whatever, you know, he's very well-rounded. He's a very good looking uh, man. And, uh, you know, he, he's very humble right now, which I think, you know, that'll help him a long way down the road. But yeah, man, we're all about trying to, you know, just finding that niche guy, that niche wrestler or whatever that our fans like and they can relate to him. Yeah, because it, it's it's when it comes down to it, it's it's all about relate relating. Because if you can't either love them or just hate them, you know, I've had so many. I mean, I hate to say this, this is one of the reasons why I stopped watching WWE back in the day. Well, not even back in the day, like a while back, is. I couldn't relate to anybody in the ring anymore. You know, even the people that I liked before they came to WWE, I just was like, "Mm." you know, I liked Samoa Joe. I liked AJ Styles. I liked um, Seth Rollins when he was still Tyler Black and and stuff like that. And then once they got there, you're just like, okay. I I still think, well, you know, some of these guys. I was going to say Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say was, is, you know, you mentioned, the, you mentioned those three, those three guys or whatever. Um, I tell, I tell, I tell a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily know the inner workings of pro wrestling. You know, a lot of those guys have to adapt their style because they can't do it three or four nights a week. You have to understand, um, you know, You know, but what I was going to say was you had mentioned you know, Tyler Black and those guys or whatever and Samoa Joe and all that. Um, you know, I'll kind of give my perspective on that, um, being, in, being in the wrestling business or whatever. Um, a lot of those guys can't work the style that they worked on the independence in the WWE because their bodies can't physically take it. You oh. know, a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these guys, they have to adapt their style. And, it, and, and that's where, like, a lot of the super indie fans and, you know, the smart mark fans, whatever you want to call them, you know, they shit all over these guys when they get up there, but they have no clue. You know, I, I use an example. Um, I'm more old school in my way of thinking or whatever, but I had a conversation with um, uh, Brian Hildebrand, uh, the Brian Pillman Memorial, and then Brian Hildebrand was the referee. Mm-hmm. And we did some shows. We did some shows with Les Thatcher back in the day and all that and helped behind the scenes. And I actually had a conversation with Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Eddie Guerrero at, at one of the events. And I remember Dean Malenko and uh, them saying, like, they wrestled 189 out of 190 days. Mm. Now, imagine wrestling that style that many times. You're going to have to adapt. Oh, I, I know that. It's, yeah. My, my yeah. thing with, you know with the... Mean? like Samoa Joe was was I, I'm not even talking about his wrestling it was his persona that the, the Samoan uh suplex machine you know the guy who is just tearing people apart and stuff like that I love that hold on one second Jesus my kid yeah but 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 
Uh, I'll just say, but look at it. But but look at it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hold on one second. Uh, yeah. What you need? Okay. Right. Hurry up. <laughs> uh, I'm making uh, 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 sausages and, and uh, brats for dinner. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll talk to you in a bit. Love you, bud. Bye. My kid, my other kid, my older kid that just moved out. Now he's <laughs> um okay he's like hey what's what's he's like hey what's for dinner dad yeah exactly he's coming home he's coming home for dinner i always tell my kids i was like i don't care how old you are we always make enough food for everybody so you can always come home for dinner always so <laughs> that one's getting hungry now um yep yep i get it yep. yeah I, 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 I totally get it but what was, what was, you, had mentioned, you, you had mentioned uh some more joe um I think on I think in his case or whatever, um, I hate saying it because it, it it paints it paints me like I'm an asshole. But that dude, when he worked the Super Indies, was is when he got to the WWE, he was just a normal looking guy. You know what I mean? Like nothing stood out about him. He's five foot, you know, he's five foot eight and two hundred and eighty pounds or whatever. You know, the same way with Taz. You know, if you look at Taz back in the day with like ECW. They made him out to look like he was a monster. And then when he got to the WWE, he's five foot five. You yeah. know, so I think that's I think that's part of the thing where, you know, like you said, the persona and all of that or whatever. Um, I just don't think like when those guys on the super indies and, and all that, when they get up to you know the WWE and work in that style, some of the guys, some of those guys just can't adapt, you know, to that style or the fan. I tell people all the time, like Brian Danielson, for instance, you know. That dude is money in the ring. But if you take away that yes, yes, yes chant, that dude is vanilla as all get out. That dude is boring as hell from a from an entertainment standpoint. But he adapted it to where he could do less in the ring because he didn't have to do all that crazy shit or whatever because he could just do the yes, yes, yes chant and he's going to be overdoing all that. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's just one of those, it's just one of those things, you know, where, you know, some guys just can't adapt to that, you know, um, Samoa Joe to me is definitely one of those guys that he got lost in the shuffle because he couldn't adapt his style, his look, his whatever wasn't what the WWE fans wanted, you know, then you look at the opposite of that where AJ Styles has become a major player because he's adapted his style, his persona or whatever, you know, that dude grinded out on the Indies for freaking almost 20 years. Yep. You know what I mean? Before he made it, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know. And like I said, it really opened up my eyes having a conversation with some of those old school guys about them wrestling 189 out of 190 days. You know, like the new generation, there's no way in hell, you know what I mean? And time to change as far as like, you know, the protocols and the headshots to with chairs and all that crazy shit that we used to do, you know, so I, I get it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's become more of a business. You know, that's the one thing I tell a lot of these guys or whatever is, is those guys that get signed are an investment for those companies. Yep. You know, they're an investment now, you know, they don't want them grinding it out, wrestling in front of a house show in front of 2000 people. You know what I mean? Like if they can get, if they can get them, to, to have a 20-year career in the WWE and they are only wrestled once a week, that's more of an investment for the WWE instead of these guys killing themselves working a house show or whatever, you know? And that's where a lot of the fans don't understand that aspect of it or whatever, you know? They don't, they don't understand the business side of it that 
you know, these guys are legit an investment, you know, to, to, you know, AEW, even for instance, you know, like, you know, those guys are an investment now, you know, they, they, you know, if you think about it, you know, those guys are even their ring style to me, some of those guys has changed even in being in AEW, you know, their, their style has changed away from what they did on the independent scene. Yep. Well, what's funny is, uh, um, I, you're, you're, you're probably around my age. Um, I just turned 47 this year. Um, been with my wife, 48, 48, been with my wife since 93. Um, <clears throat> we used to, uh, trying to t- explain to guys now, because now everything is, you know, instantaneous. If I want to go look up matches from war, I can go on YouTube and pull them up. I want to look up matches from WCW, whatever I can pull them up. I was like, there was a day where you had to take yep. a VHS tape and you could, you yep. go look at the back of wrestling magazines. If you were lucky, you could find other tape traders. Um, the one guy yep. I used to tape trade with, of all people, was Ox Baker up in Detroit. Yep. And yep. Uh, it was funny because we just started talking, and uh, he asked me where I was from. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the Sheik's territory, because I told him I was in Fikla. Yep. And I didn't know that that was yep. the bottom of the Sheik's territory was Pikla, because if you went yep. Troy, that became um, – that might have been um, – Whoever was in George, Memphis. It was like Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, it was like yeah, the, Dayton, the Dayton area was like the Dayton area was considered like Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah. And I was like, man, this yep. is Sheik's territory. We were in the Detroit territory. I'm like, man, we're in Pickle, Ohio, and we're in Detroit territory. And yep. he started yep. giving me tape. Lima. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and yeah, Lima, 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 Lima was the Sheik's territory. You know, yep. we had a place here in town called Panrec Arena. And, uh, you know, my dad used to tell me, you know, they had a guy here called Paul Perro Furpo and the yep. Sheik and uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch and, you know, all those guys, the Mighty Igor and all those guys. Yeah, they were they were a part of the Sheik's territory, even in Lima or whatever back in the day. And I think that's, you know, I think that's kind of something that's kind of lost to a degree, you know, because I'll be honest with you, as well known as we are in this area, you know, you get. 200 miles away, 300 miles away, you know, there's another promotion like us somewhere, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and that's what you had said about the instant gratification. I think that's the biggest thing that's hurting entertainment as a whole now is people want that instantaneous payoff now. They don't mm-hmm. want to wait for it, you know? Oh, yeah. um, it, and it's all, the way, it's all the way across the board, you know? Social media has created the instant gratification. I call it, I actually call it the copy and paste industry or uh, generation. And what I mean by that is this, you know, a lot of these kids, a lot of the new generation, they can't form their own opinion and thoughts and ideas. So they just literally copy someone else's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of, you know, pro wrestling is the same way. You know, you get, you know, it makes me laugh now because, you know, everyone says AEW is the new hot thing and they're going to destroy the WWE and blah, 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 blah. To me, as being in the being in the part of the business, I'm happy for any place that can pay these guys a living wage. And they have a good time and they're doing something that they love to do. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'm not getting into no pissing contest that, oh my God, AEW is better and the WWE sucks and this and the other, you know, because guess what? The, all It's competition. Competition yep. makes us all better. Yep. Well, what's, what's funny is, is that um, a couple of years back, um, I went on my anniversary to New Orleans and like a handful of blocks away from the hotel we were staying at was wrestling. And my wife's sitting there, she's like, hey, do you want to see wrestling while we're in in New Orleans? I'm like, you want to go to see wrestling? <laughs> That's you so don't awesome. normally want to go. And uh, she's like, 
it's it's literally right. just down the street tickets are only like 30 bucks we're here let's go ahead and i'm like all right cool I'll, I'll definitely go see wrestling and um yeah went, went down yeah. there had a blast at a at, with a bunch of guys i had yeah. never well i can't say i'd never seen before i'd seen some of the guys um like uh, um damien 666 was there uh bestia 666 was there uh daga um yep. they were yep. coming up from mexico and texas yep. to wrestle in new orleans and i'm like okay i've seen these guys back in you know and then the rest of these guys were all new guys and um some of these guys i'm just like holy crap why aren't you guys like and now one of them is well one of them i didn't know at the time until later i found out who he was and it was luke hawks was it was wildcat promotion out of yep. uh yeah and now he's on stars he's on heels yep. and and stuff like that and he's yep. a stuntman i'm like god yep. dang yep yep every it was funny because i i was leaving and i'm getting autographs and stuff and and these guys are like ah, so where are you from i was like dude you're not gonna believe this and they're like where well, i was like we're from ohio and he goes you came from ohio to see us i'm like no wait a minute hold on <laughs> we were in new orleans and happened to see you <laughs> right you're, right you're <laughs> like i'm on vacation my wife talked me into watching a pro wrestling show yeah and um it was funny because like everybody like the entire locker room came out to talk to us because they're like holy shit how what's the wrestling like up there and i'm like dude it's it's i would love to be able to take you guys and bring you up here and have you guys wrestle the guys from ohio because i thought it would have been awesome but you know trying to get new orleans guys and ohio guys is never going to happen but right. <laughs> um right it, it, and it, it, that that's what i think is funny is, is that i've talked to my uh i people at the shop all the time because i will i haven't went and watched wwe on tv oh god i'm trying to remember um geez, i can't remember how long ago it has been since i've watched them on tv because I, I stopped watching them before the pandemic um but i will go see them live I, any like their little house shows or whatever because i love live wrestling even if i'm not watching right. the product i will right. go see the live wrestling because there's something about it that you yep. cannot get watching TV. So, and oh, oh, I agree. I, I, you know, and it's funny that you say that because I actually I just had this conversation yesterday with a couple of the guys that are on our shows. You know, uh, I'll, I, I'm I'm totally the opposite in my way of thinking of of the majority of the crowd. To me, the more wrestling that's on TV that the fans can watch for free actually hurts people going to the live shows. Because they can say, hey, I can go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and sit the hell at, at my recliner and drink a beer and watch free wrestling. You yeah. know, so why would I want to get out of my house or whatever and pay $20 a ticket or whatever and get out of my house and go watch pro wrestling? You know, a lot of people don't think that way. They think of it as, well, the more wrestling that's on TV, the more it's, you know, good for the business. And I totally think the opposite of that. I think the more promotions that are running, the more people that are watching it on TV, it hurts the live crowd. It truly does. I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the norm in the minority and that, that way of thinking, but I'm, I'm more of it as if, the, you know, when I started, you know, people don't realize this. When I started 25 years ago, there was literally like five promotions in the whole state of Ohio that ran consistent shows that you know was quote unquote a territory type thing. Now Ohio has forty plus, oh, you know, and then they wonder why 
they wonder why, you know, they're only drawing 50, 75, 100 people. Well, we've, we've watered down the product. We've watered mm-hmm. down the talent pool. You know, um, you know, Johnny come lately and his wife or whatever, you know, they can sit at home now and watch, you know, next Ring of Honor, MLW, AEW, WWE, Impact. They can watch all those promotions at home for something that they're already paying because they're already paying for the cable bill. So now they can sit at home and watch every single one of those promotions for free. So why are they going to spend the money to get up the hell out of their house? Especially during these times, you know, why are they going, why are they going to spend their hard earned money or whatever on it? You know, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you, what is your take on that? I mean, you're, you're in the entertainment part of it too. I mean, what's your, what do you think your take is on that? I think that, that a lot of people are, um, I agree with you. I think that the, uh, it, it is hurting, but I see a lot of people now that would have never went to a wrestling show are now going to wrestling shows. So I don't know if it's going to swing back the other way now, but I can see it being too watered down, like you said, but I am seeing a slow upswing in people who just are, are right. you know, watching or just getting into wrestling and now going to live events. So I'm hoping that that will come back over right. the people that are just getting lazy and sitting at home. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you just don't know. You know I had this conversation with my, I have a PR girl that works for me, Amanda, mm-hmm. and me and her was talking about this last night, you know, it's like, I could drop $20,000 on radio and TV and this and the other advertising our shows or whatever, but that doesn't guarantee that we're going to draw those fans. No, you know what I mean? Like, we're just in a different mindset, a different type of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and as I said, I might be in the minority in my way of thinking about too much wrestling on TV. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, no offense to anybody, but there's a reason why there's only uh, technically, you know, a few years ago, there was only football on Monday night and Sunday. Yep. You don't want to, you don't want, you know, there wasn't football trade. on every single night of the week. Yep. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you can literally sit at home now. And I don't watch a lot of the modern wrestling, but I'm almost positive there's wrestling on TV every night of the week now. Yeah, I think so, because I'm pretty sure that 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 if not, if Friday or Saturday might be the only night that I can think of that there's not something on. But then there probably is something on. So because I know you got all week long from Monday through Friday, there's definitely something going on and there's almost always a pay-per-view on Sunday. So you might have a Saturday where there's nothing on. So, but that's not even saying. Well, see, that's the thing too, is it's like impact. Yeah. I was going to say impact and AEW, they've been running their pay-per-views on Saturdays. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame them though. Cause that's hard. So yeah. And if, and if you, if you include that, if you include that into the mix, if you include that into the mix and then you include like say WWE on, on, on a Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much every night of the week or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's professional wrestling on TV. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, I've got to tie this up. I got more stuff going on here than I thought today. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, uh, it's all good, man. Like I said, I just, I'm just, uh, I'm very, very fortunate or whatever that you asked me to do it. And man, anytime, uh, you know, you want to hit up a show or whatever, you get the time to do it, absolutely shoot me a message or whatever, and you're always welcome to come up to one of our shows. Cool. And uh, I would love to have you back on because I do have some more people that uh, some other wrestling fans that want to talk to yep. you. We just had some issues come up this week. Um, yep. So we're going to we're going to work that out. But yep. uh, yeah, 
Definitely. Um, and I will yeah, be holding whatever you, you need. What, I was going to say, yep, whatever, whatever you need for me is whatever. sounds good. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, All right, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks, Thomas. Have a good yep. one. Bye. Talk to you later.